Merry Christmas Eve. You guys doing okay? Now, you were a little rowdy this morning, I must say. Like, I t- tend to judge services based on how rowdy they are. And you guys were pretty rowdy this morning, so that's pretty awesome, man. Great to have you guys. My name is Pastor Chris. If this is your first time, um, we are glad that you are here and believe uh, that God has something um, specifically not only for us, but for you um, as well. And so we just trust that the Lord will show you throughout the service what that um, looks like. If this is your first time, if you're visiting with family member, um, we want you to know that if you're out of town guest and you come in, you're always welcome. And the first time you come, you become part of the family. So welcome to Crosswinds family. If you are here and you live in Leland, but you don't have a home church or looking for a home church, we believe this is a pretty good place. And we'd love for you to become part of our family um, as well. Well, more more importantly, part of God's family as we uh, continue to just do everything we can to make a difference in our community and love the people around us. Um, So we're we're here on Christmas, and you probably came expecting a Christmas story, and that's actually not what you're going to get. Uh, So we're actually going to be looking at 2 Peter chapter 3. This is a season of Advent where we make preparations we're, we're making preparations. It was, the season of Advent talks about hope, and it talks about joy and peace and love and all those things, and that without Jesus, there's not any of those things. That we spent a lot of this season talking about the birth of Jesus, when in reality, the birth of Jesus didn't happen. Uh, it happened, but it doesn't happen without the cross of Jesus, and then the cross of Jesus, it doesn't happen without the return of Jesus. And so actually what we're going to be talking about this morning is probably a different Christmas message than you've ever had. We're probably going to be, we are going to be looking at 2 Peter um, chapter 3 and looking at the return of Christ because what we are is we're in a season of preparation. You've been preparing for Christmas, right? So I want to first start out by finding out what kind of crowd we have here this morning. Is that cool? Like you guys can be a little more verbal. It's okay, right? Some of you guys went to church and your mom and daddy said, don't talk in church, right? This, ever, that's right. Right, I can remember my brother, he fell asleep on the front row. My dad took him home, whooped him. Guess what Chris never did? Never fell asleep on the front row. Because <laughs> I knew I was getting a whooping if I did. They don't whoop, spank, never mind. So let's find out what kind of crowd we have this morning. Are you a hot chocolate or a peppermint mocha? Hot chocolate? All right, peppermint mocha. All right, I figured there'd be a little more peppermint mocha, man. I mean, come on. They start that in October nowadays, all right? All right, how about sausage balls or Oreo balls? Sausage balls. All right, Oreo balls. Yeah, that's all the sweet tooth people right there. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, okay, here we go. Oh, wait, I forgot. What about Christmas tree cakes? All right, here we go. Yeah. Don't eat it all at once. Share it with your family. All right. How how about Hallmark movies or The Grinch? Hallmark movies. Okay, The Grinch. You people need help. Right? There's something good about a nice, romantic Hallmark movie. Right, wives? And all the guys are like, boo. No. All right. Okay. Okay, this, this one will tell us what kind of crowd we are. What about ahead of time you buy presents or last minute? Ahead of time. Yeah. All right, last minute. Yeah. 
And that was all the guys, right? You got a few more hours, Walmart's still open. I bet they got a good deal, right? Go buy your wife a TV to put in your room, all right? No, don't do that. Don't take my advice. Not on that. Take my advice on the Okay. But it's great to have you guys. It really is a time of preparation. But really what we're in and what we know to be true is that we're actually, you know, although we've been making preparations, maybe some of you put your, um, I actually was talking to a person uh, just this, uh, just like a week or a week and a half ago, and they're like, I still haven't put my Christmas decorations up. I'm like, well, you know, it's probably a little late at this point. Um, we started putting ours back in October, I think. If we could, we probably would start in July, all right? But we're made, we make preparations, and let's be honest, we're really, as individuals, whether we know it or not, we're actually in a, a season of preparation for what's to come. Because whether we like to believe it or not, the Messiah is coming. Amen. And that's really, if, if, we're, if we get down to the foundation of what Christmas is all about, it's really not about Christmas trees. It's really not about Christmas gifts. It's really not about Christmas lights. It's not about sausage balls or Oreo balls. It's really about Jesus coming as a baby in a manger, eventually dying on a cross. But now what our preparation for is not his coming as a birth, but his coming as Lord and Savior and King. And that's what we're actually here to talk about this morning. You see, I, 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 I titled this message, you know, and I don't typically give titles the message, but I was trying to think, what is the one thing that I would want you to walk out of here just thinking, processing, maybe even questioning, and it's this, are you ready? Are you ready? You're like, well, what, am I ready for what? You see, because sometimes we say, what, what are we actually doing? Because it feels like, you know, gee, it's been a while. You know, we've, we've known for, year, for thousands of years, you know, 2,000 years, Jesus has said he's, come, he's returning. And, and, and it just seems like every day, right, life speeds up. I don't know if you know that, but as you get older, life speeds up. And it just seems to go by faster and faster. I can't believe we're already here at December the 24th and 2023 is about to be over. And 2024, we're getting ready to step into that. And before we blink, it'll be the end of 2024 and, and life will be over. And it really speeds up. And my question is, are you ready? And the question becomes out of, are you ready is, what do we do while we're waiting? What do we do while we're waiting in, in the and the scripture will actually speak to that this morning. I learned, I learned about waiting this past week. Uh, we, we had been given a, a, gift, a gift certificate to go to Olive Garden for dinner. So Ash calls and sets up, you know, for me to go pick it up. And um, so I go up there. We set it up for a pickup time for 4.30. And I pull in the parking lot just like 4.25, you know, just a few minutes before. And so I'm sitting there waiting. 4.30 rolls around. And, you know, as a good American, I expect my food to come out at 4.30. Yep. Yep, 4.30, right? Yeah, it didn't happen. 4.35 rolls around. Nah, there's nothing. Four, you know, 4.45, I'm starting to get ticked off, right? I call them. I, there's like, I'm sitting out in my car, this to go. There's a little number. I'm thinking I probably shouldn't go in there because I might make a fool of myself if I go in. So I'll just call them, be nice on the phone. I don't typically like 
get mad at people, just so you guys know. I'm not that type of person. Um, and so I call them like, hey, just want to make sure that you're, you know that I'm out here. I know I got an app on my phone and my app showed that I showed up, but I just want to, I want you to know that I'm sitting out here waiting on my food. Oh yeah, we know, sir, you're out there. You know, we're, we're, we're getting out there as soon as four, uh, 50 rolls around. And Pastor Chris is getting pretty ticked off at this point. And uh, finally, they come out and bring our food. And here's what the Lord told me. He's like, as I'm sitting there, he's like, what's your problem? He's like, why are you in such a hurry? Why is them being slow such a problem for you? You see, because we live in a culture where we got so sped up that we want things hot now. We want the microwave version and he sat there and it's almost like the Lord said, what if I want to teach you something in this moment and you're waiting, but you're just being way too impatient. A few days later, um, on Friday, we uh, had to take our daughter. Many of you know that our daughter uh, is fighting cancer, 24 years old, fighting cancer and had to go for her first treatment. So we got up at three in the morning on Friday, on Friday morning, and we drove to, drove to Durham, to uh, Duke, um, Duke Hospital for her to have her first treatment. We get in there about seven in the morning. We, we go walking in, kind of the first ones to check in. We go into the waiting room, kind of the first ones that are in there. And we sit down and we're, you know, we're talking and, you know, we're, we, we for whatever reason, you know, cutting up. It just happens to be part of our DNA. So we're sitting in a waiting room, kind of cutting up. And then this couple comes in behind us, this older gentleman, and he's pushing, pushing his wife. And you could tell that she was really struggling. And the doctor comes out and gets Allie and takes, that's my daughter, and takes her back to start this treatment. And then the doctor comes out and they get this lady in the wheelchair and they roll her back there too. We're, we're all sitting in there, my son-in-law, Ashley, we're sitting in there, and the, the um, older gentleman comes out, and he sits right, kind of right in front of us. His son comes walking in a little bit later, and he just sits there, and he says, uh, you could just see, like, the hurt and the pain on his face. You could, you could tell, to be honest with you, it was probably one of the most depressing places I've ever been. And I'm like, man, they need to be playing some Christmas music. They need to be playing. Maybe we should start singing. And Ashley's like, no. <laughs> Don't start singing. So I start humming. She's like, Chris, you're humming too loud. I'm like, this place is depressing. The son, the son comes in. He sits down. And the dad says, son, it's just your mom just keeps getting weaker and weaker. And you could just see the pain on his face. And while we were waiting... I looked at Ash and she looked at me and you could, it's like we just knew. Tears just started rolling up in our eyes, welling up in our eyes. And it was like I was saying, while you're waiting, don't lose sight of caring for people. Because people are hurting and people are broken. And as much as this can be a season that we like to celebrate and we think that there's a whole lot of joy wrapped in this season and sometimes we can fake it till we make it. There are a lot of people that are hurting. And I felt like God's saying, man, while you're waiting, don't forget about people and that they're hurting. 
You see, the Bible, it prophesies the second coming of Jesus. It prophesies some 1,800 times in Scripture, and 318 of those are actually found in the New Testament, and one of those we'll be actually reading this morning. So if you have your Bibles, you want to turn to 2 Peter chapter 3, we'll be reading 18 verses, and then we'll be just diving into what it means, trying to digest it, trying to learn from it, and say, God, what is it that you want to teach us this morning? You see, because coming to church is not just about coming and singing some songs and going through the motions and hearing a good word or something, but it's allowing the Spirit of God to actually speak into the very depths of our soul and allow Him to change us this morning. And I don't know what you came with this morning. Maybe you came as a visitor with someone. You're not even sure about church. You're not even sure about God. You're not even sure He exists. And I'm here and hoping and praying that what God does through his Holy Spirit this morning is that he actually shows you who he really is and begins to ask yourself the question, are you ready for the fact that one day Jesus will return? 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 1 says, Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. This was Simon Peter who wrote this. He was the disciple who actually denied Jesus just before Jesus' crucifixion. He said, I've written both of them as, a remi- as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming he promised? Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as as it has since the beginning of creation. But look at verse 5. But they deliberately forgot. Say forgot. They deliberately forgot that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also, the water, the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire. That means speaking to the earth that we're actually living on right now is reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not forget this one thing. What do you say? Don't, don't forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. Now, the reality of it is, it's nothing like that for us. You know, I can remember thinking as a teenager, man, I'll never be an adult. Now I'm married, got kids, got a mortgage. I'm like, where did those days go? But to the Lord, a day is like a thousand, a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness, instead he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord, listen, the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? 
You ought to live holy. You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed His coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless and blameless and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. Just as our dear, dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory now and forever. Amen. Let's pray. God, would you take this scripture and as we today are in a season of preparation and remembering your birth, God, may we not lose sight of preparing for your return. And although your birth was a great thing to celebrate, that we also take time to remember your sacrifice, but now we even take time to remember your coming and we ask ourselves the question, are we ready? Are we ready? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Because I think if we ask the question, are we ready, we have to be careful that we don't lose sight. I heard it said quite frequently that one of the greatest fears for individuals in life is the fear of coming to the end of their life and realizing that they've actually lived for the wrong thing. Because a lot of times in the culture that we live in, we can make things really important that at the end of the day aren't all that important. Olive Garden bringing out my meal 20 minutes later, to be honest with you, really is not all that important. And God began to teach me that. But let's look at this passage, and I want to give you a couple of just real quick thoughts as it pertains to this. The first one is this, God's word is true. Peter, Simon Peter says, God's word is true. Now, I don't know what you believe about that. Because let's be honest, there's sometimes be people who say that the Bible is it really true, is written so many years ago. But what we know to be true today is that the foundation, our faith is built off of who Jesus was. And we know that the word of God is truth. And it has stood the test of time. And it is something that we can build our faith off of every single day. That every promise that God has given to us to this point has been fulfilled. And that the only thing left is the return of Jesus. And so we're preparing, our life is preparing for that moment when Jesus will return. You see, that's what Peter talks about in just those few verses in 2 Peter. He said, I have written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken 
in the past by the holy prophets, which he's talking about the Old Testament at that time. And then he also says, and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles, speaking of the New Testament, that Peter, Simon Peter, affirming that the things that have been written are true. They're not only true then, but they're true today as well. So God's word is true. It can be, t- it can be trusted. And that's what we know to be true. Peter affirms these things. But then he goes on to write a little bit, a few verses later, he says, but people will question. They'll, they'll, they'll scoff. They'll make fun of the things of God. And, and let's be honest, that's our, that's our society now. People are questioning, man, is the, is the coming of, of Jesus, is it really happening? We're not really sure that that's actually happening. And they're asking those questions and people are choosing to neglect the things of God. And, and Simon Peter saying, hey, be careful, watch out for scoffers, watch out for people like that who are trying to tell you that that's not true. You see, we've seen that our culture is attempting, our present day culture is attempting to do the exact same thing. Here in recent years, we've seen the cancel culture, the woke movement. We've seen schools taking prayer away, and that's been going on for years. We've seen sexuality changing in our culture. We've seen marriage, the definition of marriage, the biblical definition of marriage. We've seen people trying to change it. We've seen gender identity issues and all these things. They're trying to deny the existence of God. And they're, they're trying to say, man, what you, what you read in the Bible, it's not true. But what we know to be true, if we know the Word of God and we know who He is and we know what He stands for, we know that we must be on our guard that the world and the enemy is trying to do everything he can to distract us from what's to come. The second thing that we see in this passage, 2 Peter chapter 3, is this, that God's timing is perfect. God, aren't you thankful that God's timing is perfect? But that's just the reality. I think sometimes we can, get in, we can get into life and we get to walking through life. We're just like, we're like, man, is God, really, is God really paying attention? And sometimes we lose perspective. But what we know to be true is that God's timing is perf- perfect. Have you ever been on a road trip with kids? Right? You get 10 minutes down the road and what happens? I got to go pee, daddy. I got to go potty. You know, we're like, hey, man, we just left 10 minutes ago. We told you I did go potty before we left. And you got to go again already? Then we get 10, 15 minutes down, 10, 15 minutes further down the road. And then they ask what question? Are we there yet? Right? Are we there yet? We're like, no, man, we got eight more hours. We got eight more hours, 10, 15 minutes down the road. We're like, hey, guess what the question is? Are we there yet? I just told you 10 minutes ago. 10 minutes already passed. Eli's gotten to where, Eli's our, little, our six-year-old, and he's gotten to the point where he's like, uh, okay, Daddy, um, is it this far or is it this far? I'm like, Eli, it's like this far, right? And, you know, 10 minutes later, he's like, Dad, is it this far or this far? I'm like, Eli, is this far? We, we have one of those little um, Advent uh, calendars on, on, uh, underneath our a TV, 
And, uh, you know, all 25 days leading up to Christmas. And as soon as we put it up, he's like, Dad, is it Christmas yet? I'm like, Eli, look at the calendar, bud. If you want to know what day it is, come here. You know, we put the little, you take the little block and you put it on the day that it is and we move it each day. And, you know, a week or so goes by and Eli comes up and he says, hey, Dad, is it Christmas yet? I'm like, Eli, just go look at the block, buddy. He walks up there, he looks at the block, he picks the block up and he moves it to the 25th. <laughs> <laughs> it's Christmas! Christmas! Hey, buddy, it doesn't quite work that way. It's not Christmas yet. But what we know to be true about God, how we know that through this passage, because the, the verse says that he's not slow. He's not slow in fulfilling his promises. He's patient with us because he desires that none would perish. You see, God sees with a perspective that we lack you see, waiting sometimes can be hard, much like what I talked about with Allie's experience this past week for us, that the waiting was hard, but what God does in the midst of the waiting is that he gives us a totally different perspective when we focus on the right thing. Matthew chapter one and verse 23, um, we find out, it says, the, the writer Matthew says, he says, and the virgin will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So what I love about that is that even while we're waiting and even while we're preparing and even while we're getting ready, guess who, guess what? We're not alone. God's timing is perfect and his presence is perfect as well. The third thing we see in this passage is that Peter begins to deal with this, that God will deal with the sinfulness of man. Here's the part like we don't really, it's probably an odd part to talk about at Christmas time, right? You, you, you kind of want that feel good Christmas time where it makes you feel good. You know, oh, the birth of Jesus, he's in a manger. They wrapped him in swaddling clothes, you know, and he's bringing me presents tomorrow. By the way, Jesus doesn't bring you presents on Christmas morning. <laughs> But God will deal with the, with the sinfulness of man. You see, Peter uses the example of the flood. He says, you know, back when Sodom and Gomorrah in the, in the Old Testament, when there, when there was a flood, Sodom and Gomorrah, God went searching around for those who belonged to him. He couldn't find any, so he flooded the whole earth. And now he says that now there's a time coming where he's actually going to do the same thing, but it won't be by flood. It'll actually be by fire. And that's speaking to the judgment of God. I think I would actually do you a disservice to sit here and talk about the birth of Jesus without letting you know that there's a day of judgment that's coming where we'll all stand before God and have to give an account for our lives. You see, hell is real. Hell's real. Uh, it's not a constant Friday night party as I believe our culture probably would like to think. It's not a Taylor Swift concert that just goes on and on, thank God. Now that might be hell. <laughs> I'm sorry, Swifties. Guys, it's not a Super Bowl party. It's just not. You see, hell is the absence of God. It's the absence of God. There is no air in hell because God is the breath of life. There's no peace in hell 
because God is the Prince of Peace. There is no comfort in hell because God is the Comforter. There is no love in hell because God is love. And there is, hell is nothing but darkness because God is light. And so understanding those things gives us a different perspective and begs us to ask the question, are we ready for what's to come? So what should we do in the meantime? The scripture is pretty clear. We should strive to live holy lives, blameless. We should be at peace with God. And the only way to be at peace with God is to be in relationship with God. It's really interesting because we're sitting in the waiting room. We're sitting in the waiting room and, you know, mo- the majority of people coming in there, it just seems like they're just, they're, like there's no, there's no joy and we're, with the three of us, we're sitting there, we're kind of laughing, we're, we're kind of cracking up and, 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 and kind of in trying to do our best to enjoy this time. And we're like, to be honest with you, in the situation that we're in, the only reason that we can find joy in a moment like this is because of what Jesus gives to us, Right? Because we have to trust his timing. Whatever he chooses to do with our daughter, whatever he chooses to allow to happen, whether he chooses to heal her or he chooses not to, God's timing is perfect. And it's not up to me to determine what's right and what's wrong, what's good and what's bad. He is the judge of that. So what do we do in the meantime? We strive to live a holy life. And the only way to navigate the pain of this life is to have Jesus. Without Jesus, there is no hope. Without Jesus, there is no peace. Without Jesus, there is no joy. Without Jesus, there is no love. And the last thing is this, what I love, that God's not done. This passage reminds us that God's not done. He hasn't come back yet because he's patient with us. He's waiting. He's desiring that people would come to know him and have a relationship with Christ. And he's so patient that he's willing to wait until every person has had the opportunity to hear the message of Jesus. And to be honest with you, probably the majority of people in here this morning have already heard the message of Jesus. You've heard that opportunity. But if you're not If you haven't, then this is your first time. Then at some point, you will not have the opportunity to ignore the things of God. And you will have to make a decision as to what you're actually going to live for. You see, because God's not done. He still still is, is alive and you are alive and he still has a purpose for you. I find it really interesting when I have conversations with people and I'm like, hey, how are you doing? And their response to me is, well, I'm good today because I'm six feet above ground. Is being six feet above ground better than being in heaven? I've stopped using that because I don't like it. Otherwise, then my question would be, then you may not know Jesus. So if you like to use that as a regular don't use it anymore. Because I think I would rather be under the ground and be with Jesus than to continue having to navigate the struggle of this life. 
But what I love is that God reminds me that he's not done with me. He's not done. If I'm still alive, he's not done yet. He's got something for me. And every day that I'm above ground, I have an opportunity. I have a decision to make. I've got to determine who I'm going to live for. Because we can only ignore God for so long. And everything that we need to sustain us in this time on earth has already been given to us in the person of Jesus. You see, it's the very reason that Jesus came as a baby, right? God said to Adam and Eve, you've got, you got two trees to pick from. You've got the tree of life and you've got the tree of good and evil. They chose the good and evil and sin came into the world. And God said, you know what? I already had a plan for the salvation of mankind by sending my son Jesus to give them an opportunity for salvation and giving them an opportunity that on judgment day, they'll be able to stand before me and I'll be able to say, welcome home, good and faithful servant. But, and then he, said, then he went to death on a cross and then after dying on a cross, he spent a few days showing himself to over 500 different individuals. And then he ascended to heaven because his ascension to heaven, it was important for us because that meant now he's sending his spirit to live in us when we say yes to Jesus. And that's the only thing that will give you the hope and the peace and the love and the joy that you can have in this life. That's how he gave everything to sustain, sustain us. And so I close with this. So what do I do? What do we do while we wait? What do we do while we wait? You either start a relationship with Jesus or you grow in your relationship with Jesus. You grow in your worship of him, in how you live for him. You grow through the joy and the pain because let's be honest, we've all experienced pain and we're all going to experience pain. The pain won't be done until he returns. And so what we do is we grow through the pain. You see, because you can either be a victim here this morning or you can live in victory this morning. Regardless of how deep the pain may be this morning. What do we do while we wait? We pray. So what are we waiting for? We're waiting for Christ's return. We're waiting for his return. We're preparing for his return. Are you ready? It says that that day will come like a thief, like a thief in the night. So we should be living lives in preparation for his return. You've been given a candle and I don't know if it's just traditional to do this at Christmas Eve. Probably is. You know, most of the time when we light it, we sing Silent Night, which is what we're going to do. You know, where we reflect on the morning of Christ's birth. But here's what I want you to do this morning as we begin to light the candles. I want this lit candle to be a reminder not only of Jesus' birth, but a reminder of his death. 
a reminder of his return. A reminder that he is light, that he is hope, that he is peace, and he is joy, and he is love. But as you reflect on this candle, let it be a re- let it ask you the question. Ask yourself the question: Am I ready? Am I ready? If Jesus were to return today, would I be ready? What would be my next step? And so as we sing this song, reflecting on the birth of Jesus, reflecting on the death of Jesus, but also reflecting on the return of Jesus. Ask ourselves the questions, are we ready? Will you stand with me? God, we just thank you for who you are. We give you glory and honor and praise. We thank you for your birth. We thank you for your death. We thank you for your return when you will make all things right. And God, I pray if there's someone here this morning right now that hasn't given their life to you, that right now they say yes to you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray.